Good morning, Parkway Life Church. Man, happy Father's Day to all these great guys in the room today, and love and appreciate you. Thanks for being in the house today. Going to be a good, good day. It has been already, going to continue to be. And uh, we've been in a uh, theming our Sunday and Wednesday services, calling it Summer Soul Care. And uh, we're going to do that again today on this Father's Day and just kind of give a general message and talk to you, teach to you, and I hope you take some good notes. And you've got your new devotions, you can take notes in there. And by the, by the way, we start our devotion in the morning. And so six-week devotion, start in the morning, grab one today, and they've already mentioned that. But I look forward to walking with our church in that. Uh, so if you'll stand with me just real quick, we're just going to stand. And uh, right here in this room, uh, why don't we just give the Lord just praise? Can we do that? Just give, just give him a praise. We love you, Father. What an awesome, awesome Father. What an awesome Heavenly Father that we have. And I'm thankful for him today. Amen. Anybody just want to tell him that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being a Father in our lives. God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. And uh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I, I want to read to you a scripture. I'm going to speak to you in this theming of summer soul care i want to speak to you today we're going to call it guard duty guard duty and i want to read to you from uh, proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 it says this keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life why don't you why don't you uh read it with me would you do that keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The word heart here in this text, keep your heart. The word heart is basically another word that we can use for that is soul. Soul. When he's talking about heart, it's not literally talking about that thing that pumps in your chest. But the makeup, the, the inner workings of a man or a woman, keep your heart, keep your soul, keep that with all vigilance. In fact, one text that I'm going to read here in a little bit says, guard your heart, guard your heart. And the word guard is a military term. It literally means to fence or to block or to protect or to keep out what should not come in to your heart, like you can literally kind of see in your mind's eye, putting up a fence or a protection around your soul, around your heart, and you guard that because it is so precious, and what you count dear and what is precious to you flows out of that, and here God gives us a command, it's, an, it's a, like a military command, an active duty command to guard your heart, guard your soul, guard that heart that is so precious. Uh, a man by the name of John Flavel said this. He said, the greatest difficulty in conversion is to win the heart to God. The greatest difficulty after conversion is to keep the heart with God. I think in these three messages that we have preached since we started this theming of summer soul care, you're understanding that the soul is a big deal. The last two Wednesday nights I've talked about the value of the soul 
and all of that stuff. So we, we find that's a big deal. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16 and 7, it says, man looks on the outward appearance, but God, look where God's eyes are fixed. God looks upon the heart. That's where his eyes are fixed. So I'm finding that by looking at that, if the soul, the heart of a man is so important that God's eyes would be fixed, I think it's important that the Christian's eyes should equally be fixed on their heart also and their soul also. Why, why is this? Why do I need to keep my eyes on my heart? There's a reason. Because after all that God's done for us, and He's been good to us, hasn't He, church? After all that God's done for us, and the amazing things He's done for us, and all of us, if we had an open mic today, we could testify of the goodness of God and what He's done in our lives, but out of all that He's done for us, or whatever way that you serve God, and the way that you've devoted your heart in serving God, even after all of that, there is something inside of the soul, the heart of a man, that is pulling away from God. You start being diligent on watching over your heart and, look, and, and, and guarding your heart, what happens? Your heart don't just get better. It flows to something naturally not good. And so we have to guard our heart because there is a pull away. We have this natural bent to pull away from the things of God. John Bunyan, who is famous for writing the book Pilgrim's Progress, which uh, if you're like me, you remember studying that as a, ch a child and, and has some great uh, metaphors and parallels in it. But he wrote another book called Holy War. And in the book Holy War, he pictured the soul as a walled city surrounded by enemies. So if you could see your heart or your soul, that it's a walled city and, and it's surrounded by enemies. And John Bunyan said this, he said, there are enemies outside the city who need to be resisted. And there are traitors inside the city that need to be tracked down and exposed. I'll say it like this. Your heart needs constant defending against the enemies that are on the outside but, and also to guard against the traitors that are on the inside of your heart. It's this constant guarding. And, and in fact, I'm going to read it to you. I told you I'd read it out of another translation, translation Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart with all vigilance, for from this flows the springs of life. I don't know how many of you ever heard of a Stradivarius uh, violin. It is a very famous, highly valued violin. Actually, when uh, we were in ministry in Longview years ago, there was an elderly man in the church that had a Stradivarius violin. It's, it's a very, very prized possession to have one of Stradivarius, Stradivarius's violins. And so, but I, I, knowing that this is a very valued violin, I looked up and Googled the top violins, highest value violins in the world. And I found that the, out of the top 10, probably, probably six of the 10 
are Stradivarius. And, and so they're highly, highly valued. And the number one violin is in, I think, a museum in Scotland. And the value of that particular one is $20 million. The next number two was $16 million. It, they are just prize pieces of art and um, prize pieces of, 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 of beautiful uh, just workmanship from this man named Stradivari. And so your heart, though, and I'm tying it into that because like that violin, you, you can't take that violin with all of its worth and all of its beautiful sound that comes from it you can't take it out of the box that it's so preciously, preciously held in. The master don't take it out and just start playing it. The first thing that the master violinist does is when he takes it out of the box, he tunes it because he doesn't want to devalue this beautiful piece of uh, work and devalue it by it being out of tune. And you would think at $20 million, it would just naturally be in tune. But there is a, there is a bent, there is a, a natural thing that causes a, an instrument to go out of tune. And so the first thing the master violinist does, you take this out, and the first thing he does is tune the violin and make sure it is in perfect tune. Your heart, your soul is like that violin. It is of great value, much greater than any Stradivarius violin. It is, it's highly valued, but its nature is that it constantly wants to fall out of tune. And so you want to work in Guard your heart so that you can keep your heart in tune so that, why? Beautiful things just naturally start coming from that heart and that soul. I don't know about you, but I think I can speak for you that you want good things to come out of the instrument that God has given you in your heart and soul. Amen? And, and, and I think that happens as we guard our heart and we stay close to that. And from it, it says the, will flow the springs of life, the beautiful music that as we guard it, out of it flow the beautiful springs of life. What, what are the springs of life? I, I would say they're joy, love, peace, courage, contentment, strength, all flow from the heart if it's kept in tune. I, uh, I have something that I think we all do in, in the South. We're very, uh, uh, so we have a lot of Southern hospitality, and so uh, we were constantly saying, how are you doing? How are you doing? How's it going? How are you doing? How's it going? And, and I get asked this a gazillion times all the time, and, and so do you. What's your response to that? We all have these, <laughs> these, these comebacks. These, they're prime. We just hit the button, and broom, we do a little comeback. And, um, and one of my comes back, comebacks is... Um, Better than I deserved, and and I, I love that one. It, it's I stole that from from Dave Ramsey, and I, I heard him say that one time, and I'm like, that's good, that's good, I like that. So I, I'll say that better better than I deserve. But then I have my own comeback that I've coined, and I've been using this for for a number of years, and it's <laughs> and it's awesome. 
And, and this is my, a lot of times, how, how's it going? How are you doing? And I'll come back with this. I'm living the big life. Yep, that's the kind of response I get. I get this comment, I get this response like with a little disdain. I'm like, oh. Well, you should be. Uh-huh. A little disdain like, well, that's not. Well, I'm not living the big life, but I'm glad you are. Come on now. <laughs> and I get that little response. In fact, it happened to me this week, and I'm sorry to throw my buddy uh, Jake Pippen under the bus, and I hopefully he doesn't turn the sound off on me. But he came by me this week and said, how's it going, Pastor? I said, man, I'm living the big life. And he was like, I mean, he just like mumbled as he was walking off. And, 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 and how are you doing? It's like, I mean, they don't know what to do with it. Like, it's this little, and I'm sorry, Jake, I love you, buddy. And please keep the sound on. And, but, but it's, and, and let, me, let me tell you why, and I want to use this as an example. And when Jake did that, I'm like, yes, that fit right into what I'm trying to say. The natural instinct is for us to think that if the circumstances of our lives were different, the springs of life would flow from it. And so when I say living the big life, you think, well, I tell you, you should be. I'm this, there's this, you're the pastor. There's this little halo um, that we call a bald head. <laughs> that is, and, and the show, no, 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 no. No. I'm living the big life. Because when I look at our world and I look what's going on in our world and what's around us in our world, I feel like I'm living the big life just the fact, and I, I know this sounds cliche, but just the fact that I have Christ in me, the hope of glory, I feel like I've like won the lottery. Anybody with me? I, I do. I, I, I feel like that he's given me a clear mind and he's given me the word of God that gives me some kind of knowledge what is right and wrong and, and, and that he's given me the word of God to be able to coach our families. And, and my, I just feel like I'm living the big life. But, but when I say that, it again comes back with a little disdain because it's this it's natural instinct. If, if some things were, if, if I lived in a different place or if I had a different job or different financial position or if I had a different relationship, maybe the springs of life would flow from me. But that's not what the deal is. Where do the spring of life flow from? Maybe that's what we're confused about. Maybe we're thinking the springs of life flow from, from being married. Or the spring of life flows from having children or leaving, uh, leading a, a thriving ministry or whatever it may be. But if, if that's what I'm basing all of my joy and my springs of life on, that can kind of waver. That can kind of go up and down and move with time. But God is telling us an answer that if you guard your heart and your soul, it's so precious. Far from that flow the springs of life from your soul. And so times can change, things can change, things can move, and you still can be living the big life. You can still be having that spring of life. And, and if you don't guard your heart, let's talk about that. If you don't guard your heart, the springs of life are going to be blocked up. 
There's a blockade in the spring. If you don't guard it, it, it just naturally starts getting uh, blocked up. And wherever you go, whatever you do, you carry this fountain of this fountain of like unhappiness. Because the water has become stagnant. It's not flowing anymore. The spring is not open anymore. And the, it kind of becomes stagnant. And, and you can start seeing this because the people that have, that have not guarded their heart, they, 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 you start hearing things and seeing things come out of their life that, that, it, that it's a, a stagnant, moldy water that's coming from their soul. So guarding the heart is a huge importance. If uh, those of you that are familiar with the armed services or U.S. Army, whatever it may be, you know they have something called guard duty. And uh, the purpose of guard duty was to ensure that people, that equipment, that even uh, property would always be guarded even when people are asleep or when things are kind of at the low point, always on guard duty. And the guard duty is to make sure everything within their power is used to protect that post. And that's their job. That's responsibility. And it's so important that in the U.S. Army they have something that when they're relieving the person that's at his post that's on guard duty, they have a person walk up and they have a, a, a secret password between the two and they will give the password and the person that's on duty at their post knows the password and when the password connects, it's the right password, they know that this is the right person that's going to relieve me, and they're relieved from their duty. And only, only at that time do they kind of let their guard down and know that they've done their work. But as long as they are serving, there is their responsibility to protect the post because the safety of what has been guarded depended upon the person at the guard duty. If the enemy was able to get access it would be your responsibility because you are the one guarding and because of it, you would be held accountable if there was access by the enemy. And so I ask you a question. This is kind of the way I want to walk out the, the, the rest of this message. It's the million-dollar question. And this is the million-dollar question. What, what is that? What does my guard duty look like? What, how do I protect well? How do I guard well? How do I do that with vigilance? This making sense to anybody here today? How, how do I do that well? And so I'm talking to, to all of us today. So I'm going to give you four things if you're taking notes. Number one is to watch. It's just that simple. Just watch. Watch. Just be on watch. Don't go, don't go to sleep on guard duty. It was Jesus that turned around and looked at his disciples and said, Stay with me. Stay awake with me. Watch. Watch. Be, be vigilant. Be vigilant. Watch, watch with me. Keep your heart with all vigilance. This means this means watching, keeping your keeping your eyes open, being aware. Get, guess guess what you have always with you all the time. You have your heart. That's what you have all, all time. Whatever you do, you carry with you your own heart. You have you have, you have to and 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 you have to watch it. You have to learn it. You have to become an expert on your heart on your soul. You have to become an expert. And, and so none of, the, none of us is in better position to watch our own heart than you because you always have your heart with you. 
You always have your soul with you. So it's important. You, you've got you've to know. You've got to study it. You've got you to learn that heart. You've got to watch that heart. Let me give you an analogy of, to make this clearer, and, and that is a dashboard. All of us are pretty familiar with a dashboard. And so let's, let's use that on this, on this dashboard. And think about your, your heart, your soul as a dashboard. And as you drive along in life, there are certain information that you just need to have right there with you. If you're, if you're driving, you need to know what speed you're going, right? And we've got all these fancy speedometers now. Some of them throw the speed, on, speed up on the glass, and some of it are digital. Some of it's old school. Uh, I have a digital and old school on mine, and, 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 and it, even, even if I start going too fast, it, it, it lets me know, which it tends to do that often. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm watch, you're watching those gauges. You're watching your, your speed. You're, you're watch, what, are, what are some other things? Watching that fuel. That fuel, that fuel will get some, that's a pretty, pretty important one. Have you ever been caught not watching that gauge and, and you end up on the side of the road? There's always repercussions for not watching your gauge, always repercussions, and and that's one of those gauges that you kind of you want to you want to be tuned into if you're driving. But then there's a couple more gauges on there that you very rarely look at, and that would be maybe the temperature of your of your engine. We don't pay that much attention. We we don't maybe the oil level. We don't we don't look at that much on our gauges, but they're there and. It's alarming if maybe if it, if it goes hot, you need to know that because if, you, if it overheats, it, you, your car could catch on fire. And it could be dangerous. And, or if your oil was to run, run out or it was low, you need to know those. You don't look at them every day, but they're vital to have them right there on your dashboard. And then there's, then, then there's, there's other kind of dashboard. Maybe if you're a business owner or you're in a business, and there, there's key metrics that are on the dashboard of your life in a business. Maybe you're watching revenue. Maybe you're watching um, uh, the, the, the uptick on, on how many uh, customers you brought in, clients you brought in, and you're watching this because if you don't watch the dashboard, all of a sudden the business fell and you, you're scratching your head going, I don't even know what happened. You, you got a GPS what's going on, and so you need that dashboard there. Churches, you know, we got a dashboard, our team, our staff, our pastorals, we're watching the dashboard. We're, we're seeing what's, are we healthy here? Are, is, is things strong here? Because, because so many churches even have faltered and failed not watching the dashboard. Is that okay? What is the dashboard for your soul? What, what's, what should be on the dashboard of your soul? What, what does that look like? There would be red lights and, and we're going to say green lights right there on your soul. And we need to know what the red lights mean and what the green lights. And let me give you some examples of, of red lights that you might put on your dashboard. Maybe, maybe the red light would be, maybe it would be fear. And it starts flashing red. Or what about this one, pride? It's, it's, it's a red. It's, what about greed? What about self-pity? What about resentment? What about anger? What about coldness in worship, monotony in worship. You've lost your fire, zeal, your passion for worship. And you have this sense of kind of going through emotions. And I, I want to stop and say, we've all been there, right? Come on, I'm the pastor preaching 
all of the things I just read, at some point, my dash is lit up. It's going to, because you're human. And you need to recognize what's flashing and the red that's flashing. And these are just a few impulses from the heart that you might, you might want to have on your dashboard. You want to know, hey, man, there's some anger that I'm feeling in there. And boom, and it's, it's lighting it up, and you're going, man, what's, what's going on there? And remember, God says, I want to, I want to throw this out to you, just kind of, this is free. Remember, it says, keep your heart, not your neighbor's heart. So if I'm not careful, I can spend my time looking at my neighbor's dashboard and not my own. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, they got problems. Oh, they got, they got some fashion problems. And the whole time you're going, quack, quack, quack. I mean, it's like, judgmental, judgmental, judgmental. You, you missed it. I'm being goofy. But what I'm saying is stay focused on on your heart so be honest with yourself just be just incredibly honest with why would you lie to yourself it's yourself identify the impulses of the heart that you most need to guard against and i i encourage you if, if you're going to go through the next six weeks of devotion with us to in that in those spaces where you can take notes to write down over the next six weeks, what the impulses of your heart are. Over the next six weeks, you'll have a flashing red. There will be something that God alarms you about as you guard your heart. And, and, and as that happens, just, just write it down. Why is that important? Because you need to GPS what your heart is feeling, what the impulses are. And... Begin making a list of those things that belong on your dashboard because what's on your dashboard and what's on my dashboard may be different, but you need to know what that is. And the items on your list, I want to give you a heads up and a word of wisdom, the items on your list will change with time and new situations will bring new challenges. So you need to, you need to keep your dashboard current. Don't be driving a, a Model T in a, an electric world. <laughs> In other words, don't be driving a, a Model T that's ancient and still be going, I don't know what's going on because you're looking at your life through the lens of 40 years ago. But looking at it now, what, what am I dealing with? What's flashing red in my life at this point in my, in my soul? So don't be a stranger to your own heart. Keep your heart with all vigilance, the Bible says. Watch your heart. And watch your heart Watch your heart for any changes, any trends. And, and I'm going to give you a little, a little thing, a little clue to help you. Pay close attention to the direction of which your affections are moving. When you see your affections kind of moving towards something, just, just guard that, just check it. Because it tells you whether the world has got, got you in its claw or you're winning there. Is that all right? The second thing I want to tell you, the on guard duty to make sure you have in your arsenal, and is the second thing I want you to be vigilant with is to investigate. Everybody say investigate. 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 What does that mean? Galatians 5 7. You were running well. Who hindered you? You were, I mean, you were rocking it, man. You were running so well. 
Who, what happened to you? What stopped you? What got you off base? What got you off of the tracks? What, what, stopped, what are the weights that have slowed you down? What are even who hindered you? And this is a place to be ruthlessly honest with yourself. I'm investigating. You say, I'm not really sure. You know what? Ask God. God, what, what's going on in my heart? Show me what's going on in my heart. Listen to what Psalms 139 says. Search me, O God. Search me, O God. And what? Say it with me. Say, no. No, my heart. Let, let's, let's search this out. Let's investigate it. What's going on? I've been a little, I, I, and I said this in the first message that I preached on, on this, this, this theming that we're in, but I'm going to say it again. I used to at days would hit moments where those red things were flashing, and I would instantly, I, I could, I, I, I would think, what's, what's, you know, what's wrong with me, and kind of get, or, or, or blame it on someone else. I, I blame, I start trying to put the blame somewhere, blame it on someone else, or blame it on, and 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 and. But I've learned, and I and I say this with humility, but through maturity and living for Christ. That when I see those danger things, look at it and, and, and know that something's going on, and it's it doesn't mean you're it doesn't mean you're horrible, it doesn't mean you're going to hell. It just God's given you an alarm to let you look at. And so when you feel those, don't become depressed about those things. You know that God's bringing those to your attention and, and you're walking in that out. And also walk it out with a, maybe a good Christian friend that believes in you and cares for you and walk that out or with a pastor or with a counselor. But don't let that go where you can't find what's really important. Write those down. List those in your, in your Devo or on a piece of paper. How can you deal with this problem if you don't know what it is? List it, list it, list it, investigate it. Number three, number three is confess. Everybody say confess. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is what? He's faithful. He's always going to be there. He's always going to show up. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to what? Cleanse us from all of our things that are popping up on our dashboard. He's faithful. He's, if we just confess it. In other words, if we see the red light and we bring it to God in confession and trust the blood of Christ, he's going to help me deal with that. It's worth it. He's a safe place to bring that to. I'm going to ask you a, a strong question that maybe you can answer in the next, and just doing your devotion or whatever, but I do hope that it challenges you. Write this down if you can, and that is, what sin have you confessed to God lately? What, what sin have you confessed to God lately? Well, Pastor, I, I, you don't know. I've, I've been living for the Lord for 35 years. I, I, I got it all figured out. Well, that would be a good place for you to start confessing because you've got spiritual pride and it's eating you up and I'm not beating you up on that. I just, what have you confessed to him lately? You're living in the same world I am, right? We got stuff coming at us in a hundred different ways. It's all right. When the red starts popping out on my dashboard, I just stop and say, God, I see this. I give it to you. 
I GPS this. I list, list this for you. God, I want to confess this to you. And confession must always start with God first. That's, that's the first place I want to go to is with God. But next thing is I maybe can find a, a friend or a, a buddy or a spouse, whatever it may be, a pastor, a counselor, that I, that I, can, I can just say, hey, I want to unpack this. But whatever it takes, I, I've, got to, I've got to get this out of my system. I'm going to start with God first. Last but not least is commit, commit. Let's talk about commit for just a second. For every, and I want to let you listen to this closely, for every red light on the dashboard showing impulses that lead us away from the Lord, there is a green light that is on the opposite side of that that if you walk that out, is going to bring healing in that area. Green light are impulses in your soul that reflect the fruit of the Spirit. So let me, let me give you some green lights real quick. You ready? Galatians 5.22. It's a whole list of green lights that should be on your dashboard that correlate with the negative side of the red light. Are you with me? Here we go. Watch this. Watch this. The fruit of the Spirit is, here we go, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are all green lights on the other side. And if you'll notice this, I know I'm being real teaching today, and I'm not apologizing for that because I'm speaking into your life through the Word of God. But with every red light, there is a green impulse that if you follow and find the red light and walk that out to what it correlates with on the fruit of the Spirit, if you walk that out, that's where you get Christian growth. That's where you start maturing in your Christ. It's not just finding it and seeing the red light and finding it. That's huge. It's first step. But tracing it out and seeing what God wants to produce. But if you never find this, you're never going to find Christian growth in your life. And so you can live for God. You can so-called live for God for many, many years and never have spiritual growth. How many of y'all want to grow in God? I, I think I, I'm, I'm there with you. And I know it's a rhetorical question, or you wouldn't even be here today. You want to grow in God. But for, to grow in God, I, I'm finding those red impulses. And God's, God set up and helped me and coached me and even told me what the impulses on the red side and the impulses on the green side are going to be. Anybody felt any of these lately? Come on, be honest with me. Be honest. Three of you, good. So, I, I'm, that, I shouldn't have said that. I'd be smart. So, but but the, the red and the green, they're, they're all up in your world. But I just want to find them, trace them out, and so I can begin to grow into spiritual maturity. Why? I want my soul to be well. I don't want to just sing the song. I want it to be well. I want my soul to be to sing the song, it is well. I don't want my mouth only and not my soul. I want my soul to say, how you doing, soul? It is well <laughs> in my soul. It is well. There's a presence of the Lord here, and it's here because the Lord is coaching us 
to spiritual growth. And he wants your soul to be well. You see, I want this church to grow and grow and grow. But if it grows and it's a crowd, it's not a church. If it grows and it's a church walking into spiritual growth, that, that's a church. We can get crowds at concerts and football games and basketball games. I want more than a crowd. I want people that are in the journey of growth and development. And this church is passionate about that in our life. And so this message today is to simply walk that out and give you wisdom on how to go walk that out. I, uh, today I, I am so honored to get to be called the, the pastor, the lead pastor of such amazing, amazing men. And I preached a general message today to everybody, but I want, to, I want to just for a second zero in on our men. Guys, I am so proud of you. I'm not proud of you because you're perfect. You're not perfect and neither am I. I'm proud of you because you're noticing some things on the dashboard at times and you see that flow out of your life and the blockade and the stagnant and you're saying I got to open this up I got to get healing of that and you lean into the power of his spirit and you begin to grow and develop and I and I say this with all honesty this church is filled with such good people do you feel that even if it's your first time you got to know if we're not good, we think we are. No. There are good people in this house. There's people that want to, to de- continue to grow in God, develop. And, and, and the men in this room, I, the very fact that you, on this Father's Day, chose to be in the house, you're leading your family, you're, and you're leading them to, to health and strength. It doesn't mean you're perfect. None of us are but you're leading them to health and, and health. And I just want to stop and say, I am blessed to be called your pastor. And our total, total team feels this way. We all, behind closed doors, talk about how we feel so blessed to be serving you amazing, you amazing people. And I'm speaking specifically to our men right now, but men that are the priests of their home that stand up and lead Lead your family the house of God. I, I want to do something right now. I want, I know this is kind of not, doesn't seem the right thing to do, but you understand. I want all of our ladies to stand. Every lady in the house, if you would be so kind to stand. Would you do that? Every lady in the house. Every lady in the house. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Come on. That's awesome. That's awesome. I want you to turn around. If you don't have, a, a dude around you turn around to somebody else and I want you to give them a hand clap and honor them big time for being strong godly fathers and men in the house can you do that come on come on ladies come on give it up for them come on ladies 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 Y'all got to take it up a notch. 
Y'all are giving them golf clan claps. Come on. I mean, like, put a little voice in it. Come on. There you, there the, come on. That's what I'm talking about. My mercy. Awesome, awesome, awesome men. And I honor them today. While they're sitting there, I saw it on that second time when you took it up. The night, they started smiling. And they're like, oh, I honor them today. And you're honoring them today. They are men that have taken out of all the places they could have been, they have, they have centered their family around the house of God. And I honor them so very much today. Ladies, thank you so much for honoring these guys. You may be seated. You may be seated. Guys, stand up. Guys, you are so cool. Now let me, I want to do something. I want to pray over you guys. If you'll bow your head. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I've taught and preached and shared things that would speak to this entire congregation. God, I want to zero on our men right now and pray. Pray over their lives. I pray for every red blood cell, every white blood cell. I pray for health. I pray for healing in their bodies. And I feel the Spirit right now. I pray over difficulties they may be facing physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, God. The weight they may be carrying as a man over their house. God, I just, the weight can, can be heavy. I just ask you to brush off of their shoulders the heavy loads of stress from work and life and God just just bring peace where the enemy would try to bring in fear God we're going to find that and trace that out and I ask you to bring peace bring love bring the touch of God on their lives I pray an extra anointing and an extra healing on their life in Jesus name we pray and all of the men say amen Guys, I love you dearly. I've already said that, but I love you dearly. God bless you. Thanks for being at Parkway on Father's Day. God bless you. God bless you.